Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talkin' Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. My God, this is going to be an absolutely barnstorming finish. Treat these tracks just for the fuel cars. Hell, Ray Charles could drive one of them damn things in his current state. Just listen to 351 work. Three is mine. Nine consecutive top two finishes. What's it mean to tie Jack and Goose Mark? Just imagine if all those seconds were wins. Torque and Power. Your motorsport and motoring podcast. G'day everyone, welcome back to the Talkin' Power Show. We made it, Simon. We did. Episode 2. I know, I can't believe it. I Actually, I was uh, blown away by how many downloads we had. We had a lot of downloads, and uh, we've had a lot of comments as well. So thanks to everyone that's that's commented or given us some ideas on where to host the podcast as well. Uh, it's been really helpful, and in the coming weeks, we've got it on iTunes now, so we're, we're on iTunes, so get on if you're uh, an iPhone user, and if you're Android as well, we'll be on Podbean very soon. Now, can you just clarify, Nick, uh, I believe that we may have uh, injured or maybe even broken the internet? Is you that... did, you did. I did? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we broke the internet. I mean, uh, what happened was in our first, on the uh, after you shared the post on Facebook with all your followers, um, <laughs> I, I actually broke the bandwidth on my website. So we've since rectified that, so my apologies about that. Uh, I spoke with the, the host people that did that, and we've sorted that out, and that won't happen again, so our apologies. Well, my apologies about that, but you broke the internet. And thank you to all my loyal fans. So it's but, been a busy, uh, busy couple of weeks, Nick. Oh, it's been crazy. It's, been, it, it's only been two weeks since we sat in here and did this, but... It's been a lot has happened in that two weeks. Um, I'm sure our listeners are aware and of the Fernando Alonso um, taking part in the Indy 500. Yeah, well, he's not having much luck with the uh, Honda engine in the Formula One. Maybe their Indy engine is a bit better. <laughs> well, it hasn't got all that MGUK and MGUH hanging off it. It's just a standard V6 2.2 litre twin turbo motor, so they might go a little bit better at Indy. A lot of people have been wondering why Fernando's done this. I mean, he, he spoke to the media earlier in the week, and this is what he had to say. Fernando, why the Indy 500? Why now? Well, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's um, one of the most or the most prestigious race in the world, and uh, uh, to, to become the best driver in the world, which is the, the, the main target for all of us, you need to, to win the best races in the world. And I think in the past, I'm used to, to see the best drivers driving for the best cars uh, in the best venues of, in the world and the best races in the world. So, you know, I, I've been in Formula One, I, I succeed in Formula One, and now it's, it's time to, to try something else. And, uh, uh, Indy 500 is, is so uh, tempting and uh, you know it's a big challenge because it's a short period of time now uh, from now to the race a couple of weeks only that I need to fit three Formula 1 Grand Prix also in the middle but uh, it's so challenging and, and will be so um, demanding that is so exciting as well so I mean he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't shied away I, in my personal opinion Fernando, if you're listening, and I don't think you are, but if you are, I don't think you need to do it, mate. You've, you've proven yourself. You've, in my book, we almost claim you as Italian, even though you're Spanish, but I honestly think you've done enough in the sport that you don't need to be going to do the Indy 500. But anyway, that's just my view. I, I'd say that he's just sick of that Honda letting him down race after race, to be honest. I mean, the chassis is obviously not a bad chassis, so... McLaren Honda, just in a different uh, different genre, shall we call it? Yeah, look, I, I not that I'm the biggest Fernando. I, I am a bit of a fan, but I, I listened to him during the Bahrain race as well, and on his during the race, I mean, the other car couldn't even get out; they didn't make the grid, and his car wasn't performing all the best. It was not bad around the corners, but on the straights, he was out muscled, out powered, and 
this is what he had to uh, the crew chief got on the two-way on the radio to him and asked him well, his thoughts on a change in strategy this is what Fernando had to say Fernando we're considering plan B how are the tyres do whatever you want man pretty much sums it up doesn't it like, yeah I'll tell you what Nick I'll tell you what Mercedes Ferrari Renault Honda they're all lucky that you know Toyota's not out there Toyota's not out there with uh, some Prius power because you know all this MKR and bloody what are the what are some of the acronyms tell the tell the audience the acronyms MGU-H that's the heat exchanger or the energy where it absorbs it absorbs the heat and turns that into energy then there's the MGUK that that uh, that uses the kinetic energy of the car and it turns that into into energy. So yeah, there's some of the there's some of the acronyms. It's funny because it's changed over the years. They, I think the engines changed a fair bit, but the acronyms have changed because we started out with KERS and, and and a whole lot of other stuff a few years ago, and the acronyms changed quite substantially this year. So in amongst it, is there actually still a piston engine in there somewhere? Buried deep, deep, deep down inside is actually still six cylinders. Wow, that's amazing. And there's six pistons that are going up and down, but that's deep buried down deep, deep inside somewhere. Like I said, they're uh, they're all lucky Toyota isn't out there with some Prius power. (laughs) Not a fan of the Prius? No, No, I'm just thinking, you know, if this is all about future technologies for road cars those guys are leaps and bounds in front of everyone imagine a tesla formula one (laughs) anyway we better just change the subject we'll keep moving we'll keep moving so in between that we had two formula one races we had china as well and um the the results there didn't didn't surprise me overly um we had lewis win that race Uh, sebastian came second and max verstappen i love saying that verstappen he came in in third uh, Daniel was uh, a distant fourth. Um, listen, this is what Daniel had to say after the race. You seem a little bit flat now, understandable, just missing out on the podium at the end there, but there are good signs for Red Bull, aren't there, or is this just completely condition-dependent today? Uh, condition-dependent, yeah. I mean, we're still 45 seconds, I think, off off the, the win, so... Um, yeah, we... I mean, we know we got work to do. Obviously, as a team, it's a good result to get third and fourth. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think for that it's good. Both cars finished, so that's a positive. But, uh, yeah, we we still got some speed to find. So, yeah, Daniel sums it up fairly well there. I mean, they were, they were a bit disenchanted after after China. And Max, Max Verstappen did really well getting up to third. It was a good drive. He, I mean, he passed quite a few cars to get into that third spot. So I, I was pretty impressed by it, that. It was a really good run. I think he may have... Uh uh, run the fastest lap in that that run towards the end, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. Yes. Yeah. What I uh, was disappointed about was um, Lewis's comments uh, when when he was told Vettel was voted the driver of the day. Um, you know, he just sounded like an arrogant, spoiled brat. To be honest, uh, I think uh, his exact quote was, uh, "Oh, great, great. It's okay. I don't mind being on the top step." You know. He's just a jerk. I can't stand him. Now, apparently, he got voted uh, most popular driver. Is that true? Yeah, I'm not sure if I could take much merit out of that poll. Yes, you're correct. He got voted the most popular driver. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. But, I mean, that same poll also had um, Monaco as a better track or a hold higher than Spa and uh, Monza. Yeah, come on, really. Yeah. I, I, I just don't see... I don't see any value It's picturesque. But, I mean, if that was the case, you'd probably put Phillip Island at the top, wouldn't yeah. you? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, I don't know. I I, uh, I did note that uh, Lewis is, uh, is quoting Steve Jackson these days. I saw that. I saw that. What did he say back here? I saw that. He said... I was controlling it at the time. I was quite chilled at the front because I wasn't being pressured from the Red Bulls. But when Sebastian got behind, then we had a real race on our hands. But I obviously had that gap. (laughs) The gap. (laughs) He had the gap band on. Now, we're going to talk about Steve in a minute. We will, There was a a grudge race in Woostock. Um, But uh, what about uh, Bahrain? 
Bahrain, yep, yeah, we was only one week gap between the two, the two races. So, yep, everyone was off, packed up from China, went off to Bahrain. So they went from pretty cold temperatures right up to the 30s. And Bahrain, we got a, you know, not a completely different result, but we got more of the, what we want to see. We want to see those Ferraris up the front. And Sebastian, again, I reckon a superior uh, strategy. Got Sebastian in earlier. Did perform the overcut. Um... Bottas obviously got pole, uh, was in second spot. They were lucky, the McLaren, uh, sorry, the Mercedes. They were very lucky that that pace, the safety car came out only two laps after Sebastian had pitted because they got a real break there. Bottas was able to come in. What I didn't like, what I didn't like at all, was Lewis Hamilton holding up the queue coming into the pit because he didn't want a double stack. Lewis, that's the cost of being in this, in behind your, your, your other car. When you go into a pit, you got a double stack. It was poor old Dan that uh, got the rough end of Dan that. Dan was stick. right behind him, and uh, look, there was no doubt about it. Lewis held him up going into the pit lane. Um, the officials didn't take kindly to it, gave him a five-second penalty on his next pit stop. So, I mean, I don't think that changed the outcome because Sebastian performed the undercut, and they were out of there. They, were, they, they just had a, again a better strategy. That pitting, just that couple of laps earlier, really helped them. You know, Nick, what I found really, uh, I, I'm not surprising, not really surprising, but I, I just thought it was funny that uh, Raikkonen uh, came in fourth. Now, I don't know if the listeners are aware, but there was a bit of controversy leading up to this race. The uh, Ferrari, is he the team manager? Is that his position? No, no, he's, he is... Oh, he's Ferrari. He's the well, he's CEO. Even, no, he's not even Ferrari. He is everything. He's everything. He is he's Italy. The, he, he's basically <laughs> the CEO of Italy. Fiat, Chrysler, the whole kit and caboodle. Sergio Marchioni. Marchioni? Yep, Sergio Marchioni. Sergio Marchioni. So he called Raikkonen in between China and, and Bahrain. Um, I have a feeling it has to do with these comments that Kimmy said over the team radio during the China race. Let's have a listen to Kimmy talk about his front tyres. What the hell is happening on exit of 12? Kimmy, it wasn't a really clear race for you. Did you have some particular problem? No, not, not anything. One specific thing, obviously. I think uh, the car was good when the tyres are fresh, but we seem to lose the front tyres. And then a uh, place like this is uh, was going to... Uh, give a lot, lot of lap time away, but uh, um, you know, I think we could have, uh, even with that, we, we should have got a bit better result. But this is what we got today. It was far more diplomatic at the press conference afterwards, which which we heard there or in his interview afterwards. But I've got to be honest, the the people at Ferrari are not liking his abrupt radio chatter. Let's put it that way. And I really couldn't imagine seeing Kimi there at the end of the year. Sergio, if you're listening, mate, just get rid of him. Give Dan the drive. We need to see an Italian driving an Italian car. That's right. Good walk boy from Dunkray. <laughs> anyway, it was good to see Raikkonen at least having a crack this time. <laughs> it was, yeah. I mean, his demeanour on the radio seemed to be uh, a, a lot better, so it wasn't it wasn't as abrupt, and um, he just seemed to be, yeah, um, you know. More in tuned, I think, I believe. So, no, it was quite good. So, Nick, I mean, you know, this is a bit of a hot topic and I really I really would love to hear your opinion on this. What, what did you think of the uh, the 11 car? Well, sorry, no, 12 car. 12 car pile-up. 12 car pile-up uh, for the V8 supercar race in Tasmania? Yeah. Uh, let's listen to the commentary as, as it took place. That's what happens when you're the pioneer. When you're doing it, he's in! That's a massive crash there for Tanda. He's spun, that's Rick Kelly involved. Tim Blanchard, Moffat, they're all involved. Have a look at this. This will be red flag. That is a massive red flag, crash. Red flag, red flag, all cars are to stop on the grid in order, please. In their current order, all cars to stop on the grid with caution, please. De Silvestro, Rulo, Moffat, Pye, Blanchard, Tander, Percat, Rulo, I mentioned. My goodness me. That 11 cars is a staggering scene in Tasmania. Look, I mean, 
um, that's obviously as the crash occurred. Um, my opinion is, uh, as a result, Coulthard was, was blamed for the incident and was penalised 35 driver points. 35 points, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... If you want my opinion, I don't agree with it at all. It's absolute crap. I, I just... I mean, you know, obviously, he was the one that, that got clear of it, mm. right? But, you know, looking at the video, it's hard to say whether Kelly or... They, bo- they both unsettled each other. Both cars became unsettled uh, as they were sort of uh, going through that bend there. Both cars became unsettled and, and the resulting pile-up occurred. What I have a problem with is the next day, the very next day, Cam Waters... Now, a lot of people would probably think, hey, you guys are Ford guys, you're batting in for the, the Ford teams. That's partially true. However, the example that I give you the follow the next day, Cam Waters, for PRA, to Ford as well. He put a move on Lowndes that put Lowndes probably out in the wet and, and unsettled Lowndes' car. Now, Lowndes is smart enough and old enough and ugly enough to whack him back. Either one of them didn't get a penalty. Nothing at all. Nothing was said. I mean, a lot has been said on social media. But those guys didn't get any penalty of any description. I think Fabian's been hard done by. Yeah, I'd have to agree, mate. I mean, you know, you've got to have one set of rules, right? So if you're basing it on the fact that 12 cars wrecked, well, that's not really fair because it could have been a wreck the day after. And there was 12 cars less, but that still right. could have been a wreck. What, what I'm disappointed about is the greater media, and I'm not going to mention names, but the greater media have all justified that 35-point um, um, penalty. And, and, I, and I think the greater media, and when I talk about the greater media, I'm talking about people at 10 and Fox and, and those media outlets need to stand up and say, no, that's, that's crap. And then the guys the next day should get a 35-point penalty. Interesting you should uh, mention this, Nick, because the silent majority... Mm. The, the comments on Facebook, the comments on all the social media um, tend to agree with our opinion. And yeah. it's not just Ford fans, it's people in general. No, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Now, so, no, I was really disappointed by that. What about uh, Will Davison? Will, look, I don't want to... I'm not a racing... I don't race cars, so I'll say that right up. So, if I am open myself up to criticism, then so be it. But Will got injured and, and I, no one wants to see that and, and Rick uh, Kelly got injured as well as a result of, of what happened as a result of instant calm anyway I didn't say that I didn't say, did I say that? you did I did, did I? that's alright but Will's gone through that that wreck he, he he got off the gas he certainly didn't apply any brake or downshift and he's whacked Rick and luckily on the left-hand side of the car caused significant damage not only to the cars but to themselves as well. So Lee Lee Holdsworth Lee Holdsworth slows down, downshifts, swerves left and right, yep, makes it through. No, no problem at all. Will Davison he he gets off the gas, does not brake. There was no brake application, no downshifting plough straight through the side of Rick Kelly's car. He was looking for that Days of Thunder moment, wasn't he? It was, yeah. He was waiting for the clouds to split and the the smoke to clear and... Cole, stay on the gas! Stay on the gas! (laughs) That's what he was... Yeah, clearly... uh, Look, as I said, I've got a race car driver. You know, they I guess... Who's his crew chief? I'm not sure. Wills? Did he he tell him he had a match set of tyres? Yeah, match set of tyres. You told me nobody goes to the outside of turn four. Well, now I'm telling you different. <laughs> was, was it turn? It was turn three, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it might have been, yeah. But, yeah, and, and look, you look at Lee's in-car footage, slows right down, has no problem at all. You know, arguably he was lucky as well, Lee. I'm not saying that Lee's the be-all and end-all, but I think he handled that incident a lot better than some of the other drivers. Like I said, I'm not a race car driver. I don't want to... I don't want to talk out, you know, out of place, but, you know, the video footage um, indicates that one got through it safely and the other one didn't. I think the wreckage indicates that one got through it safely. Anyway. That's correct, yeah. What did you think of Dale Wood? Uh, his, his comments about getting a poll at um, at Tasmania. Let's, let's have a listen to what Dale would do to get pole position at Tasmania. I'd probably sell my wife for a pole position at the moment, so sorry, Jess. But- My question is, 
What would he do for a Bathurst victory? <laughs> Dale, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Apparently, Davy Reynolds was going to chip chip in. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, closer to home, the uh, the grand final. The grand final. What did you think? You were there. You were crewing. Yes. You got, you, you, you know, I mean, I didn't put this in the notes. You, neither did you, but you probably needed to. You got you got Brett's car into the sixes at the grand final. Oh, I think it's a team effort, Nick. You know, there's oh, no, no, sorry, no, no, no you. team. Yeah, you, there's you, no, Brett, no and team. is there anyone else there that needs but, a mention? But, uh, just on that note, just on that note, um, you know, in the 26 odd years of competition, I never got to race in air like that. That was yeah, like right. mine shaft conditions there. I couldn't believe how far below sea level we went. Really? Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. It was phenomenal. I mean that car, you know, seven oh seven one, straight into the six nineties. So um, it was good. You know, it was good to see. Uh, Brett and those guys work really hard at yeah. uh, presentation, and you know, he, he deserves a bit of a break. So uh, the uh, you know, look, it was a mixed event. Um, it. it I'm, I'm glad that Daniel Milosevic walked away from that wreck because that was just unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, how close his head was to that wall mm. was just phenomenal. Um, but I've, I've got to say this. I feel sorry for the spectators that were there because if you had paid, uh, you know, $40, $50 for that event, you would be spewing. Uh, unless, of course, I'm mistaken and it wasn't a drag racing event and it was a tractor pull event. Yep. Um, now... Oil downs, as far as a racer or a crew chief goes, none of us want to put oil down on the track. But I've got to tell you, Nick, at that event, you know, it was a combination of the racer's fault, Andrew's fault, and the track's fault. There's no one uh, group of people that you can lay blame to. I heard racers in the staging lanes making comments like, Oh, you know, we're probably going to kick the rods out of it. If you're going to kick the rods out of it, don't bring it to the racetrack, mm. you know. Um, there was a, at least one racer there that I was surprised that they broke because they're a pretty, you know, sharp outfit, and I was surprised how much uh, oil went down. But certainly, you know, it's no good for the sport. It's no good for the rest of us that have to sit there, and it's no good for anyone that has to run on that track later because it loses track temperature. Yeah. Now, Andra, I mean, those cars, anything quicker, for those that don't know the rules, anything quicker than 9.0 has to run a lower a containment device, like a nappy or, or something along those lines. And um, it's really, well, this is if it's supercharged, uh, whether it be chemical or um, mechanical, turbo, whatever, some sort of boost. It's really disappointing that those types of vehicles put oil down because... You know, the whole idea of that device is to stop foreign debris, including oil, going on the track surface. And yep. it's also really disappointing when the racers don't pull to the side yep. when there's a breakage. Um, now, Andrew needs to be bringing these cars in and finding out why they leaked oil, hmm. you know. So if they were tech inspected and the tech inspector didn't pick up that it was incorrect, that the lower containment device was incorrect, the nappy, etc., um, then the tech inspector needs to be reprimanded. It's as yeah. simple as that. Uh, if it's been tampered with, the racer needs to be reprimanded. It needs to be logged and needs to be checked before it races again. And last but not least, the track. When we used to race at Ravens, wouldn't you crewed for me back in those days? We used mm. to have a lot of oil downs because yeah. most of us were racing junk. It's as simple <laughs> as that, right? Uh, but they got cleaned up a lot quicker than they do at the Motorplex. Yep. And uh, I don't know if you remember the... Um, the uh, track staff would sit on the back of the ute with the kitty litter. I remember that well. Right. And then, you know, a few of the track staff would start playing a game of curling with the brooms there and mm. rub it in, sweep it up, clean the mess up. And it used to get cleaned pretty quick. Yeah. Um, the Motorplex needs to go back to doing that, yeah. right? And during that time, rather than playing bongo drums or you know whatever the hell drift cars they should have a highlights reel ready to go right and they should spend some time explaining the sport of drag racing to the spectators mm. because 
you know, a lot of people think that we're just a bunch of bogans wearing black t-shirts, DBs, and a packet of Winnie Blues rolled up under our sleeve. Yep. Well, the reality is that most of us have a million dollars plus tied up in our drag racing operations. And it is a, a, a like to get a blown alcohol car to go A to B is difficult. There mm. are so many variables involved, it's not funny. To get a door slammer with suspension to go down A to B is even more difficult because there's a whole nother series of variables. And then you get to top fuel. Yep. Well, I don't even know how to start one of those things. Yeah. Just a you know, a whole different kettle of fish. So I know that, that Richie, for example, he gets to the track super early and he goes and talks to the the uh, teams, the drivers, and he, he arms himself with a lot of information. Stewie Bond used to do exactly the same thing. Mm. And um, it'd be nice if we took a, a more structured approach to informing the crowd and using that time wisely because I can tell you one thing, I'm pretty sure that when spectators go and pay their 40 to 50 bucks, they go down there to watch drag racing. They don't go to watch drift cars. They don't go to watch stunt bikes. And they certainly don't go to watch a tractor driving up and down the track yeah. or people beating on imaginary bongo drums. It, it was the one gripe that I got from all the spectators. Like, why don't you use that time more productively? But the conditions in terms of the air... It was phenomenal. It was unbelievable. And I, I believe that um, Russell Labbrook yep. ran like a 560 yeah, right. in double A trim, which wow. I think Pilkington did uh, a long time ago. And I guess you need those mineshaft type conditions to mm. do it. The track itself, uh, aside from the oil downs, uh, it, the surface suited the um, you know larger tyre type cars. Uh, it was a, like a, what, I, what I referred to as a dry track, but it was a really narrow groove. So if you got a wheel out of the groove, you were yeah. either heading for the, the centre line or the armco. So generally, the last meeting of the season, the Jets, mm. um, they don't put a lot of glue down. So you're not going to get your you know, radial versus the world, eight drums of VHT. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's true. For, for anyone that's uh, going, what? They put down eight drums of VHT over the eighth mile in two days at Radial versus the World. Right. I don't think they use that much of the motorplex in the season over the quarter. They're, they're quite <laughs> proud of that too. I mean, you listen to the duck and he's quite proud of that. It's like they're going to war with someone. They're bringing that much drum of, 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 um, of um, glue. So so we'll, we'll get back onto the subject of uh, radial racing. But since we're on the subject of no prep, yeah, no prep. <laughs> I, I I have a question for all of our drag racers out there, and, and feel free to comment on our Facebook page regarding this. And I'm going to ask you, no prep. I don't get it. I don't get why you would send a 3,000-horsepower car, some of them even more than that, some of them are less, down a track that has... When they say no prep, I mean they they clean it, they do scrub it a little bit, but there's no there's no glue down at all. There's no there's no VHT down at all. I don't get why you would send a car down a track that hasn't been prepped. Well, Nick, because <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> I, I don't think it is fun either. I don't I don't see the I don't see the value in it. I don't see there's the the appeal to it. I, I don't know. I'm, I could be the odd one out. I, what I was surprised was that uh, in that that uh, now famous grudge race that the no at no prep mayhem at no prep mayhem yeah in Wichita Kansas um, the uh, the boogeyman the boogeyman Dave Hildebrand was racing um, honey badger Carl Scott what I found surprising was Carl Scott mm. driving honey badger yeah the uh, so Chevy Nova yeah Chevy Nova super sport yeah. I think yeah Looks like a killer car. Looks like a yeah, street car. car. Looks like you drove it in. Yeah. Um, he got tyre shake. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with tyre shake, it normally happens when you can't get enough wheel speed. Mm. So, uh, you know, that's that's pretty interesting. So for a, a non-prepped track, yeah, that's... I don't understand. But, I mean, you know, what what is it? Is non-prepped... So they probably call what we race on a Quinana no prep. Crazy. 
I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious. Anyway, the first pairing out was well, the there, Grudge Race. Was, that's correct. There was a $10,000 bet between these two gentlemen called the Boogeyman, Dave Hildebrand, and the Honey Badger, Carl Scott. Now, so to be a Grudge Race, I think you have to have some sort of uh, calling card or some sort of catch cry or name or something like that. So these two have been talking or uh, bagging each other on social media over the past few months. Anyway, they put a $10,000 bet on, on, and they were the first pairing out uh, for this race. Bad move. That Camaro's making a crap load of horsepower. Um, yeah, it's a twin turbo. It's a pro line, yeah? yeah? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you've seen... If you haven't seen the, the incident, I'll, I'll share it on our Facebook page. But, you know, like, I, I've got to tell you, looking at those two cars, mm. I mean, it look like David and Goliath. Yeah. And Nova, yeah. It, looks, it looks like it's got glass windows in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. It looked like it had steel bumpers as but well. It did have steel yeah. bumpers, yeah, because yeah. when the crash happened, yeah. the wheelie bar... Mm. Off, off the uh, Camaro, yeah, it's hit which his... is a pro mod car. Yeah, that, that is basically. I mean, it wouldn't even be legal for door slammer over here. It's that radical. No, that's right. And uh, yeah, the wheelie bar hit the front bumper. Yeah. So uh, you know, I mean, my yeah, criticism crazy. is is not just of the races; it's also of the track. I mean, that that's still Arco. Whatever, like I mean, it just went through that like a uh, hot knife through butter. It didn't deter the car at all from staying on the track. It went straight over that, over that wall, and and it was it was in the in the dirt. If you, if you're listening to this, I, uh, I strongly recommend you get on thirteen twenty video, yeah, and, and look for the match race because, like Nick said, that Camaro goes straight through that rail, yeah, and they continued through. to race for the rest of that meeting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Do you reckon they bent the, the railing back, or they just went, ah, there's a hole there, we'll just put we'll some be right. I, I really Some got. race tape over. I know they continued racing. I know that. And then so, to make matters worse, the poor guy's driving home with his bits of metal, basically, and a... And a carbon fibre. Yeah, mean. carbon fibre and bits of crap, basically, in the back of his trailer. Trailer catches on fire on the way home, and the whole trailer's destroyed, and what was left of the car is destroyed. So, word of advice, if you ever crash your race car, make sure you take the battery out of it. Well, sorry, was he that desperate for the battery? I mean, I would have thrown it out at the... No, nah, most of those cars run like a lithium-ion or something uh, like that. bolted in. Yeah, okay. But, you know, I mean... it's The video has the fire at the end of it, and it's incredible. Like, not only is the car completely burnt to the ground, the trailer is burnt to the ground. There's yeah. basically nothing left. Yeah. I, I feel sorry for him, because, mm. um, you know, no one wants to see anything like that happening, regardless of how much trash talking there is. But yeah. uh, anyway, from one extreme to the other, no prep to pouring VHT on the track and squeegeeing it out. <laughs> radial, yeah, radial. Well, Woostock is a, a brainchild of um, Keith Berry. He's the guy with the small block Corvette that won Lights Out 7 last year. So so this is, this is uh, radial Valhalla, basically. Yeah. yep. Pretty much, <laughs> it's it's a radial race held by a radial racer. Yep. On on a, on a radial racer track. Mm, that's correct. Um, so there was a bit of trash talking before this event, as well. So uh, I believe that uh, Stevie Fast. He did. He there's a little bit of trash talking prior, as you said. Uh, let, let's listen to Stevie in the pits prior to the race, waiting for Barry Mitchell to turn up. Let me tell you about Woostock. First of all, behind me you'll notice an empty parking spot. There's a name on the ground here. Barry Mitchell. This man's supposed to grudge race me and he won't even show up. We saved him a parking spot close, so I wasn't going to let him back out after he sees me come off the trailer. He ain't even here. Woostock is awesome. We got a bunch of cars here. The only people that aren't here is all the old turbo proline cars that are scared to come because they know that I'm going to teabag them. So let me get this right, Nick. So Stevie Fast has called out Barry Mitchell or Barry mm. Mitchell's called out Stevie Fast? I believe Stevie Fast called out Barry Mitchell. Okay, all right. So, so the deal is, for those of you that don't know, Barry Mitchell uses Al Billis engines and superchargers. Now, there's been this ongoing battle between the uh, uh, Stevie Fast crew and the Al Billis crew because uh, Mark Savage, I believe, used to work for Al Billis. Now, anyone that's watched Steve Jackson's career knows that Steve sets the cars up, 
he tunes the engines, he drives the cars. That's his deal, right? Yeah. He's a one-man show, okay? And and although Savage obviously crews for him, I don't know so much that he has anything to do with it. You know, he might have some input. Uh, from what I understand, Steve Steve makes all the calls on the car, all of them, 100%. So uh, at the NHRA round, mm. Al Billis went over and gave... Um, uh, uh, Eric Latino. Eric Latino. That's it. He gave Eric Latino a tune-up because mm. they had a point to prove, you know. Yep. And and after that, Steve got interviewed, and Steve was like, "Listen, I don't know about this, you know, teacher and student thing. I'm the one that tunes, you know." So it was pretty cool that he, you know, that this this call out happened. Now, unfortunately, I'm not sure what went wrong for Steve, but uh, I believe he. Uh, he got smoked, basically. Well, yeah, as you, I think you pointed out, I think he got he got treed well and truly. He got treed, and uh, I think he, he ran he, he ran slower as well. So that was their grudge. That was their grudge race that they met in qualifying. But Steve Jackson is a true racer. He would have been burnt up by that. He <laughs> would have been burnt up. So he's made it through the radial eliminations, just slicing through yeah. the field like butter, hot. A hot knife through butter. Like a hot knife through butter. And guess what? He ends up racing Barry Mitchell in the final. Yeah. Right? Not only does he hole shot him, but he resets the radial record. Now, don't don't get me wrong. Barry gave him a good run for money running a 374, which Mm. would have have matched the previous record. I believe so, yeah. Right? Yeah. But Stevie unloads not only a hole shot, but a 371. Yeah. To smash the radial record once again. Yeah, it's 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 quite frightening to think that in eighties up until six months ago was was good enough in this class. Eighties don't cut it anymore. Eighties. Yeah, eighties were good enough. Nick, I remember when they were running fours, yeah. like four sixties, and we were all going, yeah. "How could you go that fast That's on a radial?" Correct. Yeah, you know these cars are going like nine fifty, nine sixty to sixty on a radial. Yeah, you know, you look at most door slammers, and they're sort of, you know, maybe in the high nines, but most of them in the one o sort of zone. Mm. It's just unbelievable. But you've got to remember that track is going to be like basically get contact cement and yeah. just spray it on. That's correct. Yeah. So you need to have that kind of track, and I don't think we'll ever see uh, a track like that in Australia. No, I mean no. if we do, it'll be specifically for a radial event because you see. A track like that, it's very difficult to run a big tyre car on because yeah. you can't make wheel speed. You end up tyre shaking. Anyway, that's another story. Yeah. So uh, I can't wait for the next NHRA round. Mm. Yeah, next next weekend. Next weekend. Next weekend is the next. So by next podcast, we'll have something to. We'll, no doubt, we'll have something to talk about when it comes to pro in NHRA. Hopefully, we can see Mr. Jackson. There'll be some more. There'll be more, some more sound clips. You could guarantee it. Guarantee so, it. so speaking of the NHRA, what did you make of the uh, Don Schumacher John Force incident? Oh, look, I mean that's been uh, ever since uh, John uh, wooed uh, Jimmy Proc back. I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. However, I thought it was a little bit hypocritical on Don's behalf to now start saying that he's wrecking the sport by by. Luring big money. It's exactly what Don did. Paying, paying yeah. too much yeah. is what he yeah. said. Those are his exact words. Paying too much. This is a billionaire complaining about a millionaire paying too much. That's right. Now, uh, you know, look, here's the reality check, right? John Force, like he says in the interview, this is his job. This is what he, he goes to work yeah. every day and races a uh, top fuel funny car, right? Mm. Um, whereas Schumacher's got a very successful business. Yeah. You know. So it's. I think it's. It's pretty. It's not only. Uh, it's not only. Hypocritical. Yeah. It's ironic too. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, there's some irony in it. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of irony at that event. Mm. Um, I, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, it saw the return to racing of. Uh, uh, Larry Dixon. Of Larry Dixon. Mm. That's correct. And Larry Dixon, had to remove or cover his sponsor's logo. If you think about it, it's not surprising, but I think the NHRA could have handled themselves, taken the higher ground and allowed him to keep the sponsor on. The sponsor is an IHRA event, correct me if I'm wrong? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Now, we've touched on the IHRA before. Mm. Uh, so for those 
that aren't really a full bottle. In Australia, we've had the Australian National Drag Racing Association for you know over 40 years now, yeah. and the IHRA came along not long ago. The thing was, it wasn't the IHRA in anything other than name. Mm. Um, it basically, some tracks over here paid, I think it was around 40 grand for the rights to use the name, and they implemented the Andrew rules, which is kind of sketchy because those rules technically belong to Andra and it's yep. a bit of a copyright infringement, etc., etc. So the case never got tested in court because the majority of the tracks still, you know, out of the 32 or whatever tracks, I think there's only like two tracks that are running the IHRA uh, insurance, etc., etc. But in America, the IHRA, it's, it's a different kettle of fish now. It's not mm. like the NHRA. It's more of a... Uh, the Zoo Act, I yeah. guess you'd call it, yeah. where they, they pay racers to come and put on a show. It reminds me of field entertainment a bit, the mob that run monster trucks. It's probably, you know what, Nick? I would have to say it's almost exactly the yeah. same. Yeah. Um, now, the sad part about it for me is that one of my drag racing heroes is the CEO now. Mm, Mike Dunn. Mike Dunn, yeah. yeah. And he used to be the commentary for ESPN. Yeah. You know, fantastic guy, fantastic racer. Um, but I'm not sure where they're going with it. You know, they have got a couple of events, and this one in particular, the one that, that was sponsoring Larry Dixon for that uh, particular race, the World Series of Drag Racing. Um, you know, Larry's going to be down there match racing someone else, I believe. That's or, correct, yeah. Yeah, so a bit of a sad deal. But the NHRA haven't really scored any popularity goals uh, in recent times. I don't know if you're aware or not, they had a uh, nostalgia yeah. uh, meeting. Mm. Now, for those of you that have been uh, to the US and, and, and been to uh, these nostalgia meetings, they refer to them as Cackle Fest. Graham Cowan does something similar with the nostalgia nitro cars where they all fire up. Mm. Uh, but when you go to the US to uh, one of these nostalgia meetings, uh, basically there's guys and they're old timers yeah. and they just want to fire up and burn a bit of nitro and you know get off on the sound and the fumes and you know enjoy the whole cackle fest uh, environment and what's happened is the nhra has turned around and said that you can only fire up at certain times and a yeah. num number of people left their cars in the trailer didn't even bother getting them out uh, in protest so it's kind of, it's a bit sad that the 25th anniversary was sort of marred by this. Yeah. But there was some uh, record runs and uh, most notable, the uh, Nostalgia Nitro Funny Cars, which in the US, they're only allowed a 21 gallon uh, fuel pump or a nitro engine. The volume of fuel controls how much power is available to make because the fuel is oxygenated it carries its own oxygen yeah and and uh, you're not as dependent as you are with an alcohol car on the supercharger so even though they're limited to 671s if you can smash enough fuel in there because mm. the stoichiometric ratio is 1.1 yeah, right. yeah it's ridiculous so anyway so they're, they're limited to a 21 gallon pump whereas in Australia under the uh, Andra I guess rules Cowan rules let's call them the Cowan rules yeah. they're allowed a 32 gallon pump mm. right? Uh, we're also not limited in our rear end ratio but in the US they're limited to a 3.9 they're also limited to and get this Nick a points magneto are you serious? <laughs> yeah I'm serious they're not allowed to run an MSD or any type of electronic magneto the timing control must be uh, by way of the activation of the driver so he either has to physically, through some mechanical device, <laughs> move the magneto. <laughs> this is serious. No, this I, is I serious. didn't know this. Yeah, or, or, or uh, you can, in the old days, they used to have a pneumatic ram, yeah. right? But it has to be done by the driver. So when you consider that, um, you know, these guys, uh, well, the rest, record was reset and it was uh, a 557, mm. I think. When you, when you consider that they can go that, quick with those limiting factors on oh, the cylinder heads that's the other thing has to maintain the original bolt pattern and the original valve angle of the old right. hemi engines uh it is really incredible yeah it's it's um uh just it amazes me like 
you know, and this is the thing, like, uh, this is why I kind of feel that the Australian version is a bit of a zoo act because we've got our own rules to try and make us look better than the Americans, but yeah. we're still not better than the Americans. Anyway. Anyway, so, um, yes, I'm looking forward to the uh, the Stevie Fast pro mod at the next round. That should be interesting. But uh, the NHRA, uh, well, actually, the NHRA didn't cause a con controversy. Uh, Chrysler. Chrysler of all people. Chrysler, Chrysler caused the uh, the controversy. Well, they released their their SRT. Well, sorry, the Dodge Challenger SRT Demon was released this week, actually. Um, so it sports 840 horsepower. It's pretty stout. Let's be honest. For a factory car, that, uh, let's call a spade a spade. It's pretty hot. I mean, listen, you're not going to hear any arguments from me. 840 horsepower. Yeah. Right. I don't know if it's got dealer warranty or not. But it does. does. No, no. That's does. one of their. That's one of their their catchphrases. So, so what I want to know is right, where is the service station that sells the hundred octane fuel? Uh, in the United States, <laughs> I would imagine they're probably more. They've probably got more of them than what we would do. It's a long way know. to drive to fill up. It is a long way. Yeah. So the, some of the other cool things that this car has got is the SRT power chiller, mm. liquid to air intercooler chiller system. Now, I'm not a full bottle on this, but I've got a feeling it uses the aircon uh, compressor yep. to cool the water to get the intake I, temperatures down. That's what I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, I, I believe that's how it works as well. Um, I mean, there's a lot of... We've got all the points written out here in front of us. One of the ones that I really took... I, I, I sort of raised my eyebrows was... Challenger SRT Demon is too fast for the drag strip and then officially banned by the NHRA. <laughs> now, I'm going to read the letter out from the NHRA. It sounds like I'm on the NHRA bandwagon tonight, but I'm going to read the NHRA letter out regarding this. So it's to the FCA USA LLC regarding its Dodge brand, and it's dated the 30th of November 2016. This letter verifies that on Monday the 21st of November 2016 at Gainesville Raceway in Gainesville, Florida, the Dodge Challenger SRT Demon ran the quarter mile in a lapse time of 9.650 seconds at 140.09 miles per hour. Both the elapsed time and the speed on this run exceeded the limits on 2008 OEM model year and newer production cars, and therefore violated our rules. The car exceeded our limits of 9.99 seconds and 135 miles per hour. Therefore, before this car can be run again at an NHRA member track, it must be brought into compliance with the rules and regulations found in section four of the NHRA rulebook. If you have any further questions regarding this letter, all the rules in section four of the NHRA rulebook, please contact me. Sincerely, Glenn Gray, NHRA Vice President, Technical Operations. So, basically, Andrew rules are very similar, hmm. okay? So the Motorplex, the way it works now, if you've got a late model Commodore that's got uh, four-wheel disc brakes, airbags, etc., etc., uh, you can run up to 10-0 yeah. down there without any safety equipment. Older cars, as soon as they go quicker than 11-0, need to have a roll cage, mm. arm restraints, you know, five-point harness, etc., etc. So these guys are running, you know, deep into the nines, yeah. and and under our rules, anything that runs into the nines, 140 plus mile an hour, you need to have a parachute. Yep. You need to have a uh, six-point roll cage. You need to have a tail shaft loop, actually, for any any vehicle. Uh, battery isolator. Uh, the driver needs to have a uh, competition license, uh, fire suit, mm. helmet that meets a certain standard, gloves, boots, etc., etc. So what the NHRA is is asking them to do is just comply with their rule book. That's correct. It's but that, not, that, that's certainly not banning the car. I think it's just a marketing ploy. But I've got to tell you, Nick, at the end of the day, whether you're a Chrysler lover or hater, mm. to be able to go to the dealer. I mean, I was blown away by the Corvette, the Z06, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I could not get my head around that you could go to the dealer and buy a 10-second car, mm. okay? 
uh, even the base model runs like 12.2 I think yeah. right um, but a 9 second car yeah it's amazing I mean this is something that would blow the doors off a Bugatti Veyron yeah no that's right <laughs> that's incredible it is look I mean read, read here it's the Challenger SRT Demon is covered by FCA US US LLC factory warranty including three year 36,000 mile limited vehicle warranty and five year 60,000 mile limited powertrain coverage it's not bad mate my favorite part is first ever production car with a trans brake yeah no, that's awesome <laughs> isn't that's it? crazy <laughs> <laughs> so so speaking of uh, of being banned <laughs> how's the NASCAR NASCAR yeah we they they weren't backwards in uh, banning a couple of crew chiefs uh, this week. Um, the Penske number two car uh, from a couple of races ago, uh, they found an irregularity with the rear steer of the vehicle, so they um, imposed a three race ban for their crew chief, um, Paul Wolf. And uh, docked Brad Keselowski 35 points. Now they have they had eight days to appeal that, so they uh, formally put their appeal in. Paul Wolf was able to crew chief for the following race, but now NASCAR have, have that, that appeal has failed. So yeah, his crew chief is going to miss three races. Not only that, sixty-five thousand dollar fine. Sixty-five grand. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Yeah. What I found interesting was. Um, the Roush Fenway car, the number 17 car. But hang on, Nick, hang on. Before you go into mm. that, I'm still confused about this rear steer. Yeah. Right? So, is it the, the alignment of the diff or is it the toe-in on the rear tyres? No, I think it's the alignment of the rear diff. See, that? I didn't, it's weird that, that there would be a rule. Mm. I, I would, uh, I'm going to have to look some more into that because, yeah. um, you know, I mean... I don't understand how you could tow in a uh, a live axle, but but they might have floating axles. I don't know. I know the uh, the touring cars back in the Group C days. Mm. They used to actually uh, machine the splines round, like in, almost yep. in a ball shape, and bend the diff housing to give yeah, them okay. uh, negative camber. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd be curious about that. But to, sorry, go on about the Roush. Uh... Well, yeah, and then the Roush Fenway car, the number 17 car of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., his crew chief, well, they, they've been fined $10,000 for uh, not fitting a wheel, one wheel nut in incorrectly. So, oh, this is the cross-threaded wheel nut. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. $10,000 for $10, cross-threaded wheel nut. Yeah. yeah, they're hot on that, NASCAR. What they're is hot on... the France family running out of money or something? Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> so what's going on? Yeah. That's so, correct. Ten grand. Ten grand. Ten thousand dollars. That was issued, and um, yeah, well, that was the, the the fine is issued actually to the crew chief, and in this situation, it was Brian Paddy. Now, whether he pays that or not, I don't know what happens behind behind the scenes, but yeah, they got um, ten thousand dollar fine. So, on a on a uh, happier note, I guess uh, it was great to see Jimmy Johnson win at Texas. Well, he hasn't been going very well, Jimmy. He's, you know, he's he's won a number of championships, but he he he, uh, he was placed very poorly in the first six races. But yeah, he got a he got a win at Texas, so it was good to see him back up there. I'm, oh, I don't mind Jimmy Johnson. I know he drives for Rick Hendricks, and it's the the opposition, I guess, Chevrolet. But oh, I think he did. I think he did really well to get to get up there. Johnson. That was at Texas, wasn't it, Nick? That was at Texas Raceway. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, the MotoGPs are heading to Texas. They're heading to Texas this week, yes, the 23rd and uh, the 22nd and 23rd. I'll tell you what, Nick, I'm really liking this season. <laughs> it's shaping up to be good, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know, Vinales is a likeable guy, mm. two from two. Yep. Valentino's been on the podium, two from two. Mm. You know, a, a, uh, a third and now a second. Yeah. And Marquez and Pedrosa are nowhere to be seen. Well, I was surprised. I mean, as you said in our first episode, I don't really follow MotoGP, but I I, um, I followed this race a little bit, and I was surprised to see Mark Marquez just drop the bike right in the middle of that corner, no pressure at all. I mean, he had a he had a considerable lead, and he just dropped the bike. I don't 
know what went wrong. I don't know either. I'm just glad it, whatever it was, I'm, I'm happy it happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Danny Pedrosa was the same corner. Admittedly, Danny was under a lot more pressure at the time. Uh, he had bikes uh, quite, quite close behind him, but Marquez was well and truly out on his own. I mean, is it a handling issue? No, I don't believe so. No? No, I think it was just rider error. It's, uh, anyway, look, I mean, Vinales and Rossi seem to be working together yeah. as a team. Yeah. Uh, Rossi did make some comments that he thinks that the Vinales uh, side of the garage have found a, a bit more in the bike mm. and uh, it's made him want to chase it more. Yeah. It's made him eager. Yeah. Which is great. It's great to see. And it's great that there's not the rivalry that we saw last season and the season before because it just got ugly, you know? Yeah, it did. If you're yeah. on the same team, you should be working together for yeah. race wins. No, that's right. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Vignali's an up and coming, certainly. Yeah, so uh, while we're on the subject of Texas and America, did you hear about the eight year old that uh, drove the McDonald's with his sister to, uh, to get a cheeseburger? Yeah, well, apparently it's another thing you can learn on YouTube. That's right. He learned he learned how to drive on YouTube, and he took his four year old sister with him. This could only happen in Ohio, <laughs> so they they got there. They got to the drive through, and they had pocket money. Yeah. Right? And um, the people at the drive through, which I imagine were children as well, <laughs> they thought it was some sort of practical joke, and the parents were sitting in the back seat. And when they got to the window, they realised that um, it wasn't. You know, yeah. these kids were actually by themselves. So before anyone starts, you know, talking about the parents, the parents were fast asleep. They'd had, I've been reassured by, by the research that I've done that they had three square meals that day, but uh, <laughs> he had a craving for a cheeseburger, so he decided that the only way he was going to get it was to... Do we know what down. sort of car it was? No, I don't. No, I don't. Okay. I, don't. I don't. I don't know if they lived in a trailer park either, but... <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, um, you never know. You know, he's starting early. This might be the beginning of a career yep. in NASCAR. It could be, yeah. It could be. Yeah, yeah. It that could. sounds like it. It's got Ricky Bobby written all over it. It does, it does. I wonder if he had two first names. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, the Grudge King... Uh, Grudge Kings event. I am familiar with it, just, yep. All right. So Dom Rigoli called out Anthony Matuk mm -hmm. for the Battle of the RBs. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it was a bit of a frizzled... I don't think uh, Anthony ran the car. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it was. But Dom was out uh, in in the car. The car's actually owned by uh, Billy Rajab. Oh, yeah. And um, he just smacked, like, not broke he smashed the rb mile an hour record running 215 mile an hour 215 mile an hour 215 with an rb Jeez. there's some videos on facebook if you jump on tony rigoli performances page yep. of uh the the 300 zx on the hub dyno mm -hmm. and it goes over 1900 at the hubs wow so Dom was telling me that uh, he feels that there's still a bit more left in it, mm -hmm. and um, you know his his goal isn't be isn't to be the king of the RBs. He wants to hunt two Js. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so so uh, anyway, Dom ended up taking out the Pro Turbo class. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think it was a it was a, a pretty good event. All right, Simon. I think that brings the show to a wrap. We covered a lot, and we've got a lot more to cover in the next two weeks. I've been looking at the calendar. There's a fair bit going on. We'll have another Formula One race. We've got Stevie Fast going down the track. MotoGP's heading yeah, to Texas. Texas, that's correct. And NASCAR will be off again. They, they take a break. NASCAR takes a break for Easter, and there's another public holiday they throw in. That's it. And then it's a 36-round uh, series, so they'll be back into it as well next week. Formula One? Formula One, yep. Yep, we're off. That will be in two weeks' time, but we'll have another... Because our podcast is another two weeks, we'll have a race in between then. Where, where are they off to now? Off to Russia next race. They always raced in Russia? Yeah, yeah. They raced in the premises that was adjacent to the Winter Olympics that was held there a few years ago now. Just want to... Uh 
shout out to uh, a personal friend of ours, uh, Fernando. He's um, yeah, he's in hospital at the moment. Uh, he's a drag racer from Perth, and uh, just want to say, Fernando, if you're listening to this, mate, you know all our thoughts and prayers are with you. I hope you get out of there and back on the track as soon as possible. Yeah, Godspeed, Fernando. We're thinking of you. Anyway, Simon, thanks for coming in. Thanks for your time. Pleasure, Nick. You can catch us on iTunes now. We are on iTunes, so subscribe to us on iTunes. We'll be on Podbean, Podbean very soon. Uh, it's also on Facebook, Instagram, and it'll be on our website as well. So download the, the podcast. We'll see you in a couple of weeks' time. Take care. Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.